0: Hi out there, I'm Pat Pauley, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the performing arts or the visual arts in the Pacific Northwest. And this week, Greg Cusera, owner of the long-term and influential Greg Cusera Gallery, is here to talk with us. Welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Thanks, Pat. It's great to be here.
0: So happy you could come in to talk about art And your gallery.
1: There's nothing I'd rather talk about.
0: Oh, that's good, because we like to talk about art. But before we get started, I want to say a few words about the Artbeat Northwest show. Now, Artbeat Northwest is a half-hour-long, non-profit radio program, and our mission is to promote the visual arts and the performing arts in the Pacific Northwest. And we don't waste your time with fundraising. We um, just do it all uh, with other funds. So you can listen in every Tuesday, 5 p.m. drive time on 1150 a.m. Or you can listen online, say, if you're at your computer, 1150kknw.com. And that's streaming worldwide. So if you're in France or Australia or another state, you can listen in. And, of course, uh, if you're here, you can tell your relatives or your friends in other states to listen in. You can also listen to all past programs by going to 1150kknw.com website and just click on the archives. And I am a volunteer, and I just have a lot of fun and learn a lot by talking with people in the arts, like Greg. And the ads on the program have been donated to the Kirkland Arts Center and the Bellevue Arts Museum. Stay tuned to Art B Northwest. We'll be back shortly talking with Greg Cusera about his gallery and the artists and the art world.
2: Hey parents, what are your kids doing this summer? Get a jump on summertime planning and enroll them in summer art camp at the Kirkland Art Center. Week-long day camps for ages five to 12 are led by trained professional art instructors. Themes include art safari, upcycling art, art heroes, mythical creatures, rocks, fossils, and gems, and even more. Teens, check out the teen intensives and learn something new or hone your skills in figure drawing, oil painting, clay, or graphic novel illustration. There's even hot wax painting. Camp enrollment has begun already and the best weeks go by fast. So visit kirklandartcenter.org for more information and register for your summer fun with art. KAC promotes artistic mastery and community participation in the visual arts through innovative educational programming, contemporary exhibitions, and dynamic events while providing stewardship of the historic Peter Kirk Building. We'll see you this summer at the Kirkland Art Center.
1: Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Greg Cicera is here talking with us about the art scene in Seattle and internationally and his gallery. And Greg, why don't you talk, uh, I know you don't like to talk about yourself, we'll get to the artists, but we got to talk about what your gallery is so the listeners know something about you. Now, I know a lot of people already do know, but some of our listeners need to find out.
1: Well, my gallery is located in Pioneer Square, where the bulk of Seattle's galleries are now and pretty much always have been and we're located at 3rd and Main Street, and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 1030 to 530, and it doesn't cost a nickel to go in there.
0: Isn't that marvelous that even though, you know, um, all of these art galleries have these wonderful collections, they're free, and you can even purchase the art.
1: (laughs) It's free entertainment.
0: (laughs) Free entertainment, unlike museums, you know. And
1: First Thursday is the longest-running arts event in Seattle, and that's every first Thursday of the month when we all, you know, open our exhibitions or have a reception for our artists.
0: And I have to tell the listeners that first Thursday in downtown Seattle, some people think of downtown Seattle as being a little unsafe, but, you know, I was at first Thursday in the middle of winter this year, and I have to tell you, it felt very safe and there was huge crowd. There were huge yeah. crowds in all the galleries for the whole time. In fact, they had to kick them out at the end. I mean, it's really an event.
1: It is really a great event. It's been going on for slightly longer than my own gallery's been in, in business. And, you know, it's just a, a terrific event. And it is safe. I mean, Pioneer Square is very safe in the daytime hours. I wouldn't worry about it at all.
0: And in the evening, uh, they're up until, I think, 9 on these first Thursdays, From right?
1: 6 to 8.
0: Oh, six to
1: 8. It takes us a while to kick people out.
0: Yes. But
1: yes. usually we're done by 8.30, let's say. I always tell people, you know, make your list, start at the top, work your way down.
0: Right. But, you know, right now it's, you know, summer solstice. And, and
1: it's gorgeous. Out.
0: And it's light out until heaven knows when. Mm. And so the whole, the whole Thursday is evening is is light out so it's even better so wonderful so tell tell the listeners a little bit about your gallery just what it's about
1: well we we are a contemporary gallery meaning we show art that is made in our moment of time about our moment of time and we work with mostly northwest artists who need a place to uh, show their work We've shown some of these same artists for the last, uh, I think the longest running relationship I have is 34 years, and I've been in business now 35 years. So, you know, that's those are considerable relationships of having shows every couple of years. And um, then we mix that up with uh, nationally known artists and internationally known artists just to provide a wider context of what the whole art world looks like and participate in art fairs and things like that to bring a further context to our artists being seen in the national, international arena.
0: So you have a real mixture, but you have your basic uh, loyalty to, to this, to local artists. Sure, That's great. Now, how has the art world changed since you started 35 years ago? I know you've changed places and now you have your own space, which is, huge and beautiful <laughs> and of course right in that great location of pioneer square
1: yeah we bought that space uh 20 years ago and um, it's just been such a great thing to not be paying rent to someone else
0: oh sure T- yeah. st- stability <laughs> stability and
1: and you know certainty are very good things when you're running a small business and you know most galleries are very small businesses they're you know, a mom and pop sized business, but they generally have either a mom or a pop and a few workers, and that's the extent of it.
0: But how has the art world changed over the years? Well, I
1: would say the art world has just gotten bigger and bigger. You know, with the advent of the internet and the the kinds of social networking publicity that one can do these days, um, you know, our reach is is huge. You know, we we have sales to people in Europe or Asia. Africa all the time oh we, really yeah we haven't yet sold anything to anyone in Antarctica but I'm I'm aiming for <laughs> all, <come>. seven continents.
0: <laughs> all seven continents oh that's really interesting and I know that your current show is I was looking online and so many of those pieces have sold I'm so impressed and I know why because I love that art it's Deborah Butterfield why don't you talk about her art Uh, and the current show, which uh, just opened the first part of June, June. right?
1: Yeah, and it's a two-month show, so it's up through the end of July. Uh, Well, Deborah Butterfield is an artist from Montana who has been making now for, you know, 40-something years art about the ecology of the world we live in by recycling material. Often it's been Oh, I love Um, recycling. (laughs) Yeah, often it's been just beach wood and stuff like that that one finds on riverbanks and and beaches. Um, You know, I hate to say driftwood because that always conjures up a particular kind of image. But, uh, you know, her work, her early work involved uh, fence posts and barbed wire and the occasional spare tire and, you know, just all kinds of things that people just throw away and don't think about. And then as she has been making this work in the last several years, she started to, uh, you know, not only comb beaches for wood that interests her, but also just the flotsam and jetsam that drifts upon our shores. And when the earthquake in Japan happened in 2011, the tsunami there brought uh, all kinds of detritus to our shores here along British Columbia, Alaska and Washington states. And she had started to pick up that material and make um, additional pieces that um, reference that material. Uh, you know, now we have very bright colors, bits of blue plastic and orange and yellow plastic. So where her driftwood uh, looking pieces have always been cast in bronze and always resembled wood, now they also resembled all of the. Uh, throwaway materials that she's been adding to them, which adds a you know a few extra layers of concern about the world we live in, but also uh, a very empathetic sense of the tragedy in Japan over that uh, tsunami and earthquake.
0: So she takes these uh, found materials and uh, creates animals, mostly horses.
1: O- only horses. Oh, she's, only horses. Yeah. Every okay. now and then, and yeah. they're
0: gorgeous, yeah. and they're so artistic looking yeah
1: well she's an interesting artist for having only a solo a single image and uh, you know that's that's an image that informs her world she rides horses every day she owns horses she rides dressage this is a very important aspect of her world and the kind of um, observation that she brings to those pieces is is considerable and so uh they're all horses, sometimes reclining, sometimes standing up, sometimes uh, with their head bowed, sometimes, you know, with some sort of a gesture. But uh, they read as horses, and yet then you also read them as the material that they were originally made of, which is then cast in bronze at the Walla Walla Foundry. So it's all a very sort of Northwest product in that sense.
0: And, and yet it's very, it's a very permanent
1: mm-hmm.
0: um Piece of art
1: right when she was making things you know actually out of out of detritus and thrown away materials, they were very fragile. you know she was making things out of mud and sticks and you know wiring things together and um, if she had continued doing that, she'd have a career of taking care of older work and she oh, wanted to, <laughs> to move on to, to make things that could be more permanent that could go outside and and, and so, then she
0: doesn't have any repairs. Uh, you know, that she has to do because they're all cast in brass. Right. Which well, is better for the collector, too. Yeah,
1: the, the bronze allows for them to be oh, put outside. And, yeah. uh, oh. you know, you, you can see her work in museums all over the country at the National Gallery. Uh, the Palm Springs Museum always has their piece out, and uh, museums all over the country have this work. So it's it's pretty easy to see it and very recognizable when you do.
0: And a really good place to see it is at Greg Cousera's. <laughs> website
1: that's and, true. and
0: you'll notice and they really are beautiful you'll notice that many of them are sold though so if you want one you need to get in there quickly <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we have a happy artist
0: <laughs> you have well that's good we like happy artists right mm-hmm. so what do you look for i know you have a lot of emerging artists what do you look for as far as artists because i know you have to add a new artists to your group that you represent uh what what would be things that would appeal to you about an artist or an artist's work?
1: Well, it's it's not terribly quantifiable. It's like that old adage, "I know it when I see it." Ah, you know, um, yes. <laughs> it's a it's a cliche, but it's it's also true. Uh, you know, I think that I'm looking for something that I haven't seen. I'm looking for something that's different from the artists that we already represent. You know, sometimes people bring in art that is. You know, a pale imitation of an artist that we're already working with, and yeah. and you, you just have to say no, thank you. Yeah. But um, you know, we're we're looking for an expression of what it means to live in the world that we live in today, and all the changing political climates and all of that.
0: And you know it when you see it.
1: We know it when we see. it.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean, but it's too bad you can't really <laughs> quantify it more. But I know that you can't.
1: Well, it's such a diverse thing. I mean, yeah. I, I can be looking at sculpture or painting or drawing or um, something, you know, in a video or something like that. Um, you know, it's such a diverse group of media that artists work in today that it is it is very hard to just say, well, I'm looking for this or that. And And, and you know, when we have people come into the gallery and say they want to look at this particular thing of, you know, we need something above our our sofa and it needs to be this size and I want it to have this feeling and it needs to illustrate this thing. I I just know I'm looking at something that doesn't really exist. It's a figment of this person's imagination and <laughs> they're not going to find it. You <laughs> know, where if you it. go into art with an open eye and an open heart and an open mind, oh, you're going to get a lot more out of it.
0: Oh, that's a good tip, I think, for people who love art. And I think, you know since you've been in the art field for so long uh,
1: i I'm, I'm sounding very old now
0: well you're you're still young but you <laughs> but you've been in the art field uh, since you were a child right yes pretty much <laughs> it was
1: before labor laws were invented
0: <laughs> so let's go to uh you know i've always been impressed with michael Sta- spafford's work and I was very disappointed that the legislature uh, took his work out of the, uh, you know, the buildings uh, in the House of Representatives and Senate in the uh, state house.
1: Well, you know, Mike Spafford is a very interesting artist who has made all of his mature work in the Northwest after he came here to teach at the University of Washington, and in May. In April and May, we did a very large exhibition at my gallery, and along with Sam Davidson's gallery and uh, John Bracith at Woodside Bracith Gallery, we mounted a, a three-part exhibition that would really show the Seattle viewers a wide range of his work. And Mike has always dealt with mythic subjects, the, the great myths from uh, you know Greece and Rome, but also uh, the Mexican god, Cuatlicue and things like that. So you know, this, but in a
0: contemporary way, well, they
1: always feel very contemporary, and I think that's where the real issues with the the legislature arose. you know they He and Alden Mason were commissioned to make these works in the early 1980s. They were installed uh, in the uh, Senate chambers. Uh, Mike Spafford had the House of Representatives chamber, and Alden Mason the the um, Senate chamber, and, um, you know, these were large murals that were 12 by 44 feet each, and um, they were spectacular, uh, and it was a way to update the look of this very staid architecture of the, the Senate buildings, and, um, you know, I think in the end, these legislators who held those offices for very short times took it upon themselves to uh basically counteract the panels of experts who had selected these artists for this as if these legislators knew more about art, but they couched it in very clever terms of trying to protect the public and um, trying to um, in in Mike's case trying to protect the public from this art that uh, was about these very strong subjects, the labors of Hercules and um, you know Mike's manner of painting at that point was very silhouette-oriented. And um, I think people saw in those things what their their minds wanted them to see, what their own dirty little minds wanted to see. And,
0: <laughs> well, strangely, they, they've been uh, put into a, a, a junior college setting, Chehalis Junior College, right?
1: Community college, yes. Or community college. Yeah, uh, you know, after the, the both sets of murals were taken down from the the Senate and House of Chambers, a lawsuit that we never thought we could lose. Like, how do you lose a lawsuit that says these murals that are shaped like half of an oval are not site-specific? We just never thought we could lose that argument that these 12-by-44-foot murals shaped like half of a, you know, in a lunette shape, which is half of an oval. You just, just can't think that you're going to lose that lawsuit. But uh, a judge saw it differently, and so then they were taken down and put in, uh, in the community college. And um, both of both of the artists um, hoped that that would not happen, and they argued against that idea because we all felt that the longer these things sit in crates, in the you know in, in Olympia the longer it's embarrassing for these legislators to have made that decision. And sooner (laughs) or later, someone would say, you know, we really ought to get our money's worth out of these murals. The truth is, you know, each artist was paid $100,000 in 1980, I believe, for those murals, which are worth way more than that now. But the legislature spent more than a million dollars taking them down, fighting with the artists, and removing them.
0: Really? Oh, you know, what, it's kind of a scandal, actually. It's it really is
1: a scandal. <laughs> it has been a scandal for 30-something years now.
0: So now let's talk about the shows, the coordination of the shows. Uh, and they put out a couple of books on Michael Spafford at the same time, right? Or well, was, it was it just it's one? it's a
1: single book, and all three of us contributed to that so that it would be a you know a catalog of the exhibition, but then also of Mike's larger career, but they were considerable exhibitions, and there's currently an exhibition of his work, uh, the last in the series, in uh, Tyotin, uh in the uh, Tyotin, um art space there. Oh, okay. And that'll go on through, I believe, July or maybe August. I can't remember the dates.
0: Okay, so that was a big exhibit. Big exhibit. Book put we out. missed it, but it and was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so... It's already time for a break. We've been talking with Greg Casera, a longtime art gallery owner in the Pioneer Square area of Seattle. We'll be right back with more on Art Big Northwest.
2: From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Through August 10th, check out Posada. Jose Guadalupe Posada and the Mexican Penny Press. Known as the father of modern Mexican art, Posada is famous for his popular and satirical representations of calaveras, or skeletons, in lively guises. On Saturday, July 14th, join us for the Artful Evening, BAM's most fun, festive, and important fundraising event of the year, with over 300 community leaders and friends attending. Artful Evening is the party of the summer and helps fund world-class exhibitions and essential community programming throughout the year. More at BellevueArts.org.
0: Get inspired every hour right here
1: on Alternative Talk eleven fifty.
2: Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Greg
0: Cusser is here talking with us about the art scene in Seattle and internationally, and. Greg has been involved with the Seattle Art Fair, which has been around, well, this will be their fourth year. And he has been involved since their inception and also been involved with other art shows across the country. Why don't you talk about art fairs a little bit and how that's changed the art scene?
1: Well, art fairs are a a significant syndrome within the art fair, art world now. Um, I did my first art fair in 1985. Um, that was in Chicago, which was then the biggest fair in this country. And, uh, you know, now there are art fairs probably every weekend of, of the year somewhere in the world, because it's been a, it's been a very successful idea of gathering together all of these dealers and and galleries from all over the world in various central places. Seattle's happens uh, the first weekend of August and, uh, As you say, this is the fourth year, so it just gets better and better each year. And um, it's a very significant thing for the uh, art world here and for the city at large because it's a way to see things you couldn't easily see uh, that are coming to you from all over the place.
0: And and the way this art fair is different from, like we're used to the local arts and crafts fairs, this is different instead of just having uh, local artists come in. We have local galleries and international galleries coming in for the Seattle Art Fair. Uh, I think it started in Basel, Switzerland, where they had a lot of international galleries and spread to, like you say, every large city in the world. I didn't know there was one every weekend. It but pretty
1: much is, yeah.
0: But uh, there certainly are a lot of them, and it certainly must have changed the art world a lot.
1: It, it definitely has. It's just one of those things that just... Enlarges your scope, um, helps you to meet people from cities all over the place who are collectors. It's a it's very si- significant part of our business, but you know the downside of it is that you know you, you take your work to some other city, you're installing it in a temporary uh, space that looks very much like a gallery. It's all white walls, ten feet tall. It's, it's really like a shopping mall of art galleries, but very upscale, very, very classy looking. Surprisingly classy looking.
0: And so you get more exposure. Get more exposure. And, of course, you probably get a better look at what's going on. And I suggest to all you listeners, if you're interested in art, go to the Seattle Art Fair and take your time to look at all the exhibits. Because it will give you a real picture of what's going on in the art world today. Mm -hmm. And talking about what's going on, let's talk about your next exhibits at your own Greg Casera Gallery. What's going on next
1: well, after our Deborah Butterfield show closes at the end of July, then uh, in August, uh, aside from doing the Art Fair, we'll also do a memorial exhibition for Joseph Goldberg, a local artist who was very significant for the last 30 years uh, of making art uh, in the Northwest, actually more like 40 years. And um, our exhibition won't be really a retrospective. We'll wait for a museum to do that as the Museum of Northwest Art did several years ago for Joe. But our show will be a survey of what's in the estate, other things that have come our way. We'll borrow back a few things that that illustrate particular aspects of his work. But this is an artist who worked in encaustic, which is dry pigment mixed with wax. So very, very interesting media and very seductive kind of surface.
0: And why don't you just mention the next couple of shows? And
1: then in September we'll show work by Marie Watt, um, which will be uh, large pieces made from scrap and found blankets, but also a very, very large she-wolf from the Romulus and Remus myth, uh, in which uh, you have this giant she-wolf that will be made out of uh, aromatic cedar, planks of aromatic cedar, and it's on view right now at the W S. You Museum that just opened, a beautiful new museum. And then after that we have, uh, and along with that we'll have uh, paintings by Claude Zervas, which will be mostly small-scale abstract paintings. And then in uh, uh, November and December we will show Margie Livingston, a very interesting artist in Seattle who uh, stopped making paintings and started to make sculptural ideas about paint without necessarily a construct like a canvas behind it.
0: So, lots of interesting exhibits ahead at Greg Cousera Gallery. But listen, we are already running out of time. Thank you so much, Greg, for sharing all the information about art and about the exhibits at your gallery.
1: Thank you so much for asking me.
0: Yes. Now, uh, how do we go online to find out more about your shows? There's lots of info there. Uh, What's your... What's your uh, you website? Can,
1: you can Google our name, Greg Cusera Gallery, very easily. Our website is simply gregkucera.com, K-U-C-E-R-A, and we have one of the most uh, comprehensive websites in the business.
0: Yeah, it really has a lot on there. It's
1: everything in the gallery with a price.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And, of course, the good thing about galleries, you got to go see them. Unlike museums, they're free, and you can even purchase the art. And you can purchase it online, too. <laughs> Be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for news and views of the local arts. I'm Pat Polly, your host, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week. <music>